It's time to get inside the Giants huddle. Let's go, back to your huddle. On Giants.com. Tempo, tempo, tempo. And the Giants mobile app. Go, 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 Part go. Part of the Giants podcast network. Yeah. Welcome to the newest edition of the Giants huddle podcast, the monster show coming your way today as we preview the Giants and Cowboys. I have a chance to talk to Dallas Cowboys defensive end Terrell Basham, Paul Dettino, and Lance Meadow talk to Cowboys radio analyst and former quarterback Babe Laufenberg. Bob Papa talks to Giants head coach Joe Judge, and I talk to Giants rookie wide receiver Kadarius Tony coming off his breakout game against the Saints in the Giants' first win of the year last week. Of course, the Giants Little Podcast can be found on the Giants mobile app, your favorite podcast platforms, and at Giants.com slash podcast. Make sure you check it out and subscribe. All right, let's get started. We're going to lead off this week with the Giants rookie wide receiver, Kadarius Tony. I had a chance to talk to him. Kadarius, thanks for being with us, man. <laughs> nice to be here, man. How you doing? I'm doing great. Um, well, let's talk about it. What's the excitement level for you? Going to play in Dallas against the Cowboys, an NFC East rival, and also the stadium where you played your first ever college game, yeah, huh? It's, yeah, it's a lot of emotion built up into this game because it was like, it's where I first embarked my journey to even come here, be at this level. So I'm just really appreciative of the coaches even giving me a chance to be here, you know? When you were in high school, had you ever played in like one of those big stadiums in like a state championship or anything like that? Nah, no sir, nah. Because that stadium's crazy. I mean, I, I, when, I, when I went there for the first time, I was already working there for, you know, five, six years, and I've seen a lot of buildings. When you're yeah. driving up to that thing, it's yeah. like you're looking at the Death Star, right? I mean, yeah, it's just definitely. gigantic. <laughs> yeah, that, and then you walk in the Jumbotron. Oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't get one for my career. <laughs> Dude, it's crazy, man. It really is. It's going to be exciting. For an option, you watch their defense on film with what they do, Kadarius. Yeah. What are some of the things they do that's challenging for a guy like you trying to get open and make some plays? Um... Really, a lot of undercutting that um, you know DBs do. You know they they play hard and really aggressive. You know all all phases of the game they play kind of aggressive and hard. You know so we just gotta go in and have that mindset as if like we're going to war. You know what I'm saying a battle. You know so we just gotta be on all uh, all P's and Q's. Yeah, some college flashbacks. Going up another SEC cornerback Trayvon Diggs, yeah. right? So. You talked about him taking some chances, right? And he tries to undercut some routes. Yeah. So what do you have to do as a wide receiver to try to help protect your quarterback, right? So yeah. when he throws you that sprint out, that quick out, yeah. that he's not going to be able to jump and get in front of you to make that pick? Uh, make sure I always stay quarterback friendly. You know, I always come in and out of my breaks clean and, you know, run out of your breaks because that's what uh, most like most receivers like go wrong at. They always um, win at the top of the route or something and, you know, coast out of it. You know, quarterback, they like the – throw a clean throw down like all that you know all the uh the jumble up you know all the hand grabbing and stuff like that so you just got to stay clean and you know is that something you've learned a lot being here for the for the first few months this kind of the art of route running and how being that type of specific in what yeah. you do can really help your quarterback out yeah i would say yeah my uh my receiver coach back at florida billy gonzalez he was always on us about that but we never really understood it. and then like and it's like now that i got to this level i really understand exactly why he's saying it because you know i see certain routes like I might stumble on or whatever, you know, slip. Uh, and that that's an opportunity for the defender because, you know, he not slipping and he not, you know what I'm saying, he don't have nobody to beat. He just have to defend you, you know what I'm saying? So whatever mistake you make, he can capitalize off of. So you just got to stay clean through whatever you're doing. And it's also not telegraphing what you're going to do too, yeah. right? So you, you have to make the quarterback think you're going to be doing something else. Yeah, you got to you... make everything look the same, you know. Yeah. What receivers on this roster have kind of taken you under their – arm the most and tried to teach you some of those nuances yeah. you know because there are a million great athletes out there right but yeah. it takes a technician to become a great NFL wide receiver yeah. who are the guys that have really helped you out learning how to be a technician at that wide receiver position it's crazy because it's like it's like almost the whole room kind of you know have that kind of feeling towards me it's like you know Shep when I first got here he was the first one to take me up under his wing you know just 
hey man, I know you're young. You know, it's, uh, you know, you know, you're young. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. It's just like I just only could sit there and take notes by everybody in the room, even if it's some small. Like it was a route that I might have ran the other day. Uh, Dante Pettis, you know, he came and hey, you know, when you do this, you can, you know, what I'm saying. So it's always somebody in my corner. Like no matter what, that's what I like about our room. Like everybody always going 100 percent 110 percent about each other not just only ourselves but everybody else too you know i loved an answer you gave at your press conference i think it was last week you were asked you know making a big play is that when you have the most fun and you answered no 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 for me the most fun is when somebody pulls me aside and i learn something new yeah can you just explain why that's the case for you it's just really because when you're like in this like kind of lifestyle, you know, you always you want to be the best. You know, you don't want to come in here and be mediocre or whatever sure. it is. It's like every learn opportunity that I get, I want to take it. Like no matter if it's some small, some big. Like I, I just want to know so I could be somebody else role model. You know, behind me because I got a lot of nephews, nieces, and stuff. You know, what I'm saying they want to do different stuff in life. I want to be able to, you know, what I'm saying get them some kind of knowledge or some kind of, you know, what I'm saying like help to help them get to where they want to go. That must have driven you nuts then, when you, over the summer and the spring and the summer when you missed out on so many of those yeah. learning opportunities, right? Yeah, it was kind of hard, but at the same time, I knew exactly what was going on. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of family stuff going You know, my grandma had passed and everything, but, you know, um, it was really – it was a setback for like a comeback. You know, when I got, first got back here, it was like everybody was hands-on, and I kind of picked right up. Like I was never left behind. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like even if I was – uh, back at home or whatever situation is, I'm on the Zoom, I'm on this, I'm on that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Paying attention, being attentive and everything. So, you know, it was always, it wasn't what it kind of seemed like, you know, in the public, uh, you know. Of course. What were you able to pick up in those meetings, in the meeting room, even though you weren't able to go full speed on, on the field, yeah. that you think helped you when you eventually were able to set your feet on the grass and, yeah, and work it's with really, your teammates? It was really more of like the mistakes that like um, like the other receiver, the other receivers are making because Judge, you know, he always tell us like every rep is our rep, no matter we in or we're not. You know what I'm saying? Like very so, detail oriented, too, yeah. right? <laughs> so it's like when I like when I seen them like they like the end, at the top of the route, like different technique that they could have used and stuff like that. I was taking mental notes, you know what I'm saying, and yeah. getting ready for when I came back. I was able to, you know, what I'm saying, take advantage of what they might have messed up on and correct it. You know. When did it really start to click for you when all that stuff you took from the room and then you started getting out there on the field? When did you sense it all starting to come together for you so you're able to have that type of productive game you had last week? Uh, it was kind of more of just me just getting out there and getting the experience. You know, um, you know, every, you always get better by experience. You know, the more you do something, the better you're going to get. Like somebody said that you have to be – like the, in order to be the best at some of the uh, – perfect something you got to do it 10,000 times yep. I haven't been here long enough to do it 10,000 times so you know they just I'm just trying to progress and get to that what's your comfort level now either line up outside or line up inside because you know they has to do very different things yeah. different route tree yeah. you got to block more when you're in the slot be a little bit more physical I know yeah. you like being a physical player yeah. <laughs> so what's your comfort level inside and out right now because the Giants have asked you to do both yeah uh, my comfort level kind of equal on both you know at mm -hmm. the end of the day I'm still a receiver you know so it's like no matter if I'm inside or outside, I'm still expected to beat this defender that's guarding me and execute the play to the way it's supposed to be, you know. So you can you can be honest with me. Are you like in Thomas McGahee's ear like, I'm ready to do punts and kicks, man. <laughs> Get me out there. I'm ready to go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know you are. You're I'll say, yeah, yeah. I'll say, <laughs> I'll say yeah, I'm, I'm ready to take advantage of the uh, special teams opportunity. But at the end of the day, I have to gain my trust. You know, I have to gain my, sure. um, had to gain my position and gain my keep also, you know. Anything about the NFL as a rookie surprise you that maybe, you know, you were a huge program in Florida, yeah. number one draft, uh, first round draft pick. 
anything, though, caught you by surprise that maybe the NFL brought with it that maybe you weren't expecting? Uh, I'll probably just say the the, the tempo and the uh, intensity of the game, you know. It's, it's all the same kind of, but it's like when you get to this level, like it's not no – you get to warm up and, you know what I'm saying, like, like Coach Garrett say, like, the best player is the first player. You know what I'm saying? The, the drive start or whatever it is. Like, you got to be ready from the jump. Like, that's the difference. Like, in college, you can go out that one drive, stall out or whatever. In NFL, they capitalize off that, you know? Like, so it's like you always got to be in your A game no matter what it is. And then in college, right, you'll get maybe one, two, three matches a year when you know, all right, I'm going up against another guy. He's going to be yeah. a first-time pick, second-round pick. Yeah. Every week is yeah. that way now, right? Yeah, I would say the reporter just asked me that, like, trying to make a comparison about Trayvon Diggs or whatever. But it's more of, like, Everybody, like, everybody is pretty much like that. You can't, like, put somebody above everybody because, I mean, in the day, we're all here to do the same thing. We're professionals. So the intensity, the the way that we do stuff is, it always got to be your best, you know. So, I mean, I expect everybody to put their, their best foot forward out there, you know, when you first come out there. Let me ask you about your run after the catch ability. Is that just total natural instinct for you? Do you study, like, tendencies on guys how they tackle their leverage and stuff or is it just you see you go and you do what your instincts tell you to do i would say yeah it's just kind of instincts uh <laughs> it's like you can watch film and stuff but it's like at the end of the day like when you get out there on your own it's different you know like when you get out there and it's not you watching somebody else repeat the clip over and over like this your mm-hmm. one opportunity it's, you just got to react you know i'm just a good reactor you know i'm always able to you know um <laughs> I don't know. I guess they they call me a magician. I don't know. <laughs> it looks that way, man. I'm not gonna lie. It's funny too. Like when I when I, I went out there to, or I was watching tape of the of the Senior Bowl this last year. Yeah. We weren't allowed to go out there, and I was watching you do your stuff in one on ones, and I'm like, wow, you know, he's he's a physical, strong wide receiver. And then I, I looked at the measurements, and I'm like. Wow, you know what? The way he played, I thought I was gonna look and he was gonna be six one two fifteen, right? Yeah, yeah. When I say that, <laughs> does that make you happy that it, that you play bigger than maybe what the measurements say you are? Yeah, it, yeah. It's kind of <laughs> it's kind of exciting because it's like I expect you to expect me to play like this. You know, I'm kind of like my my demeanor, and my like the way I approach every day like that's how i am like just no matter what like i'm I'm never gonna back down from nobody's size or whatever it is because where i'm from i mean i'm not the biggest i'm not the smallest or whatever it's just you got to stand on your 10 toes and you know do what you can you're like a ping pong ball out there man you're bouncing off of guys and you know that's the thing i, what I like like about your running <laughs> style right as a wide receiver a lot of times guys are just trying to make people miss right yeah. and you do a great job of that too but you're able to break tackles. What is it about your style that allows you to not just use your quickness, but also your power to and contact balance yeah. to to maintain your feet and make those big plays after contact? Uh, <laughs> I'm making I you say, blush. I think a little bit. Nah, here. nah, nah, <laughs> <laughs> nah. <laughs> it's more of a just. Um, I don't really. I really can't even put it in words. It's more of what can I gain from him hitting me? You know, like if he hit me, like in my momentum go this way, how can I stop myself from going that far? and be able to put my foot back in the ground and still be able to go, you know, stuff like that. It's, I don't really know. It just When I get it, I just know how to do it. I don't really know how to explain it, but that's just what I do. <laughs> Two more. What is it like playing with Daniel Jones, your quarterback? I ain't going to lie, it's really exciting. You know, really just getting to know him all the, on and off the field. You know, it just that's just a quarterback I could really play for. Like him and Kyle Trask remind me of each other so much just by the way they take control and take leadership of the team and control of the offense, you know. Like it's just – a real leader. Like, I feel like he was just a born leader. 
you know, and you just mentioned it, because you guys just got out of a meeting that Daniel called, right? Bring yeah. all the wide receivers in, do extra yeah. preparation without the coaches. Facts. What does that say about him, and what are you guys learning in meetings like that so you're extra prepared for the game on Sunday? Yeah, in meetings like that, we just learning, you know, uh, like little stuff. You know, I want to put that on the mic, but... Totally understand. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because, because then my butt will be out of here too, so don't worry yeah. about it. <laughs> but, but as far as uh, what they say about him, that really says a lot because it, it shows you how far he's willing to go to win, you know, and that's the type of per- player and person I am too. Like, I'm, I want to win no matter what. Like, I remember I think I seen an article that was saying that I looked frustrated or whatever on the sideline, but it was more of a they're just my competitiveness. Like, I just I just want to, you know what I'm saying? I just want to do as much as I can when I can. And, you know what I'm saying? Like, when I can't, it's just like, it's kind of hard for me to really accept that. Like, I just know the type of player and type of style that I bring to the team. It's just like, I just, you know, I just I just feel like I'm just nothing at the moment. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I'm just here. Absolutely. Final question. You talked about the great stuff about the wide receiver room. The guys are helping you. Veterans, you know, taking you under their wing. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about the rookie hazing. <laughs> What's the worst thing that they made you do this year? Was it singing? Did they make you buy? Did you have to go and buy stuff for them every day? What was that like? <laughs> uh, nah, Ricky Hayes, the, most, the, the worst I probably had to do was probably sing in front of the whole team. But what you I sing? Just, uh, I just sung my song, uh, Don't Give Up. You know? Okay. Yeah, my song, yeah. I, I sung Don't Give Up. You know, y'all go check that out. But, See, now, you're lucky. You have yeah. your own. You don't have to sing somebody else's yeah, song. You yeah. can sing your own stuff, <laughs> I man. was going to sing somebody else's song, but it's like, man, I don't even know it like that. Let me just <laughs> sing this Joker, man, y'all know. <laughs> Very good, Canarius, man. This appreciate was fun. You. I appreciate it, dude. Good luck on Sunday against Dallas. Appreciate you, bro. That's Giants wide receiver Kadarius Tony. Really a fun spot with him. I really enjoyed it. The Delta variant is spreading quickly in all areas of New York State. People who are not fully vaccinated are at greater risk from COVID-19. Protect yourself. Get vaccinated. Visit ny.gov slash get vaccinated or talk to your health care provider. All right, let's turn our attention now to the Dallas Cowboys. I had a chance to talk to one of their starting edge rushers, Terrell Basham. Terrell, thanks so much for the time today, man. We appreciate it. No problem, no problem. All right, and by the way, if you watch Hard Knocks, also you know, best fake English accent on the Dallas Cowboys as well. How was that, by the way, uh, going through Hard Knocks, having those cameras kind of everywhere and in your face all summer? I mean, it was all right. Uh, You kind of forget they're there after a while. You just, you know, continue to the process and continue to work and uh try to get better you know try to learn the defense and establish some type some type of bond and camaraderie with your guys well i want to talk to you about that what was it like learning dan quinn's defense if i made you characterize what a dan quinn defense is all about what would you tell me it's all about playing fast having fun you know what i'm saying he likes us to uh play on the edge play fast you know what I'm saying? And he uh, he sets people up to make big plays, you know. So he puts us in a position to make plays, and he just allows us to go out there and make them. Well, and your defense has had no shortage of, of big plays this year. You're second in the league in takeaways with 10. You've had at least two in every game this year. What is it about the way Dan Quinn sets you guys up and what you do schematically that allows you to make those big plays and get those takeaways? He allows us to rush uh, with uh, with four guys a lot of the time. And it allows them to play man defense a lot of time, and and it allows he he just put he puts he puts us in a position to make the plays, you know, and it puts us in a position to play fast and be athletic and do all the things that we have the tangibles to do, you know, without having to think so much and just play, you know, which which is where the big plays show up. You know, and if you watch your defensive line, Terrell, you guys are very fast, you're very athletic, you're very quick, and you use a lot of the twists and the stunts and movement up front. What's the key for you guys working together to make those twists and stunts 
work because I, you know it, it looks chaotic on film, but I know there's really an art to to being successful at those types of plays. Yeah, a lot of times, you know, we might be trying to get the quarterback to go to a certain spot. It may look like, like you said, chaotic, but we might be, you know what I'm saying, trying to get the quarterback to go to the left out the pocket or to the right out the pocket or step up in the pocket. You know, you never know really where we're trying to get at. We know, you know, it's just executing it uh, looks good on film. <laughs> it that. does, yeah. No, absolutely, man. And, you know, you guys lost one of your big pieces of that defensive line, Demarcus Lawrence, a couple weeks ago. But the unit really hasn't missed a beat. Can you uh, just tell us a little bit about how your group came together? And really, as a group together, you know, everyone kind of taking some of Demarcus's reps have tried to make up for his loss on your front. Yeah, you know, we just uh, – rushing is one. Uh, is what our coach tells us, what AD tells us all the time. Uh, we got to rush is one. You know, we can't have one guy going off the Richter, going off the radar, doing his own thing. You know, we all have to have planned rushes, you know, to put the quarterback, to to keep the quarterback in the pocket or move him to a certain spot, you know what I'm saying, which allows us to be successful all in all. Can you talk about a little bit, how has Micah Parsons adjusted to being used more as that edge rusher since DeMarcus' injury? I know he didn't do it quite as much against Carolina as the previous two games. What have you thought about him just kind of shifted in there? And really, he didn't do it a whole lot in college, but just seamlessly fitting in there and, and becoming uh, a threat off the edge for you guys almost immediately. He's doing good by uh, just doing whatever the coaches ask him to do. And that kid is athletic, and he's going to be a good rusher middle linebacker, wherever you put him, mm-hmm. you know, because he's, he's just got the ability to make plays. And like I said, Dan Quinn puts us in a situation where he allows us to play fast, not think so much, and just make plays. What's the ceiling for him once he figures out all those pass rushing tricks, the tricks that you're so good at that you know, you know once he kind of combines that athleticism with some more technique? <sighs> that kid's going to be scary. <laughs> I think that's very succinct, and I think it's very accurate. <laughs> um, how about the other rookie on your defensive line, a guy that's played next to you a little bit, Oso Digizua. We had his brother, O, his older brother up here for a few years with the Giants, and I'll tell you, he really pops on tape with his length and his ability to get upfield. Yeah, and another thing about Oso, he's really smart. You know, He knows where to be on the field. He knows how to rush, and he's good with his hands, too, You know, at a young age. So I, expect, we, I think we're all expecting big things out of Oso. You know, you talk about the big plays you guys make on defense. How much does it help to have such a high-powered offense on the other side that maybe gives you guys a little bit more of a green light to take some more chances to try to get those big plays? Because, you know, if all right, if we give, a big, uh, give up a big play here or there, we know the offense can kind of come back and get those points back, uh, back up on the board for you. It's really complimentary, and it, it means the most because, like, when – the offense is on the field, you know, and time of possession allows us to be energized when we get on the field. And like you said, knowing that we can count on them to put the points up on the board allows us to play aggressive. What do you think about what you've seen from Saquon Barkley so far? Last week he made the big play in the passing game. He hasn't quite erupted yet with the rushing attack. What do you see from him as he's trying to make his way back from that injury last year? I mean, uh, he's, I see that he's still capable of being the, the guy he's always been, you know, and uh, that he's as explosive as, as, he, as he's always been. You know, he's just getting back comfortable, you know. You see him getting better every week.
How about a young quarterback like Jones? He's somebody this year that has kept the ball a lot on some of these read options plays. As someone that plays end, you want to get after the quarterback. You want to be aggressive getting after Saquon, to your point. But at the same time, you have to protect the edge if he wants to keep it. So what's that count and mouse game that you have to play to make sure you secure the edge in case Jones keep it, keeps it, but you also want to try to make plays on the running back? He's a little deceivingly fast, you know, so he does make plays um, with his feet, you know, and um, we just got to take that into consideration, you know. And once I said, like, again, I said, DQ does a good job putting us in the right position to make the plays. Not to think so much, you know. Terrell, we appreciate the time, man. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you down the road. All right, bud? All right. Thank you. Have a good one. That's Dallas Cowboys edge rusher Terrell Basham. Don't miss out on the return of New York Giants football. The 2021 season is now underway, but there's still time to secure your season tickets and root on your Giants right here at MetLife Stadium. Speak with the Giants ticket representative now by calling and becoming a season ticket member. It's 888-NYG-1925. All right, now it's time to hear from the head coach of the New York football Giants, Joe Judge. Bob Papa had a chance to talk to him. Coach, you know, obviously so many positive things last week. You know, you preach messages each and every week and reinforce positives. How much more fun was it reinforcing positives coming off a win last week? Well, it was good to see the guys, you know, you know, get the reward for the success from their hard work last week. They had a good week of work. It transferred to be able to finish the game. That's something we've been emphasizing as a team. You know, in terms of, you know, coming out of the game, I mean, look, the meetings to us are always the same. You know, correct the mistakes, build on what we did positive, and move on to the next opponent. So, you know, you come in Monday with us. We've already put the next that previous game to bed, and we start working on the next opponent. You had to be proud of your football team as far as uh, playing with poise. Hostile environment, loud, yet, you know, no procedural penalties. Uh, everything was buttoned up. And you're going to face the same thing. Yeah, look, it's going to be loud, probably louder than it was last week, and that's saying a lot. But obviously it's, you know, more people in the stadium. It's going to be a passionate crowd. So, we practiced very much what we did last week in terms of simulating the noise and all things. We've kind of put pressure on the players. They responded right, uh, the right way last week. You know, it's not going to be anything unless we go out there and do it for 60 minutes. So, you know, I'm, I'm pleased with the way they prepared this week. Coach, obviously your job is to prepare your players and your assistant coaches play a very pivotal role in constantly developing guys. You have to be proud of what you saw last week with John Ross coming off IR and then not only contribute with the big touchdown catch, but the plays he made in overtime uh, were really things that, really had to be rewarding for you guys as a staff. Yeah, I'd say, you know, we tie in the assistant coach thing. Tyke and Russ Cowley have done a great job with these receivers. You know, we had a lot of guys who, you know, weren't fully involved through training camp for one reason or another. You know, keeping those guys mentally engaged and then keeping them through the rehab process, you know, into the game plan so that mentally they can play faster when they get back. You know, our medical team did a great job of, you know, really for John simulating the practice as best they could through his rehab so he can get on the field and stay on the field for us. And, look, obviously he's a guy with a top-end speed. You know, that's really his biggest strength and made some big catches for us down, down a stretch. But they'll get out there and play a full load of a game, really, you know, coming into his first game. That was big for him. Dallas second in the league in takeaways. They have 10. Uh, they have eight straight games where they've had two or more takeaways. What makes them so good at taking the ball away? Very talented and play with extremely high effort. You really see the way these guys fly to the ball. You know, Dan does a great job of getting the team to really put high effort and urgency. You can see them really attacking. They're really looking for that overhand punch a lot, and they're very aggressive to jump the routes underneath. You see digs on that perimeter a lot of times. A lot of his productions come from really jumping those routes coming down. So if you throw late to the outside part of the field, you know, that's where he makes a lot of his production. you got to make sure that we're on time, make the right decisions, and no pre-snap, you know, really working. Obviously, uh, your offense functioned very well last week. And Daniel Jones is, even if you go back to last year, 
is playing at a pretty high level. Um, what are some of the things growth-wise that you've seen in him as he's matured as a player? Yeah, to me, the biggest thing is always for any quarterback, the command they have within the offense. And really, I started seeing it, you know, last year as we went on and progressed, it really showed up in the spring. I've really seen the command he had on the line of scrimmage to be able to go ahead and recognize what defense was giving him to adjust protections, to change the play at times, but really to take what the defense is giving him, very just operate efficiently. And you see him operate with the noise and the pressure and the speed of the game, and he's just really calm back there and keeps everyone collected and puts us in the right situation. On the flip side, Dallas offensively, they're averaging 38.5 a game at home. Uh, they put points on the board. Dak doesn't look like he's missed a beat, does he? No, that guy's one of the top players in the league for a reason, and he's a big, strong quarterback. You know, look, we hated seeing this guy get hurt last year. You have a lot of respect for players in the league. You have a lot of respect for good people in the league, and he's both. And uh, you watch the way this guy's come back from that kind of injury and the level he's playing at right there. I mean, there's no question why he's so successful. You know, in the second half of your game last week, you guys were able to control first down a little bit better. Is that a key in this game, to not get allow them to get in – Second and three, third and twos. I think the thing that makes this team so dangerous on offense is their early down success. They run the ball and they have a quick passing game that gets them ahead of the sticks, allows them to operate with more choices in third down. So first off, it's very tough to get them into third down. Secondly, you want to make sure you put them in third down with enough distance on the sticks. They have to go ahead and play it with more of a you know throw only mentality where you can go ahead and put yourself in position defensively to really attack them. You know, you've got to stop the run on these guys. It all starts with them. They got a very good offensive line. Zeke Pollard, the guys run the ball very effectively downhill. They got great vision. They're tough to take down. But you've got to get them behind the sticks to really go ahead and be able to play aggressive. Final thing, coach, just in doing the TV show with you, special teams is obviously a key component of all this, especially in a close game. It could be the difference in a game like this. I know you have a lot of respect for what the Cowboys do special teams wise. Just talk a little bit about how efficient they are. Yeah, I think, you know, all the multiples that Bones presents you with, you know, as a special teams coach, he's got a history of fakes, and they keep very talented specialists, you know, as returners, kickers, punters, that enables them to do a lot of things, you know, with weapons. And you have to really play this team with a defensive mentality. That's when you're on punt return, field goal block, or kickoff return, because until that ball is fully exchanged, you've got to make sure you get the ball. He's done a great job in his career creating extra possessions for their offense, extending drives, you know, and just putting you on defensive. One of the things that they've been able to do is because everyone plays in such a defensive mentality, it puts you in more of a passive position. And you've got to come into the game against him, and you have to choose how you're going to play it, make sure you're sound, but you've got to be the aggressor in it. Because if you play passive, it allows their coverage to play down the field, almost unblocked at times, and eliminate your return game. It allows their specialists to perform without pressure, and when a punter or kicker doesn't feel the force of someone else coming at them, they're all going to be very, very efficient and effective. And we've got to keep them from flipping the field on the punts, you know, by making sure that we have the opportunity when we have returns to maximize, you know, the return on it. When we have to pressure them to make sure we put them in a situation where it can't be a clean punt. And field goal-wise, keeping pressure on Zerline. He's a big leg kicker. These guys have specialists that really make the field smaller for them, if that makes sense. You know, when Zerline, you know, gets in range for a 60-yard field goal, you know, that's a whole lot different than another, a lot of other teams who have to get in range for a call to 45, 48-yard field goal. That's a you know, shorter field for them to get points. So you got to do a good job early in the series on defense, keeping a longer field. The ties in the kicking game as well with field position. You know, you got to create it. Defense has to keep it. And then you have to go ahead and maximize on offense when you get it. Coach, best of luck. Thank you. That's Giants head coach Joe Judge. Hey, Giant fans, taking all the action of New York Giants football from your very own private suite. Giant suites are a great way to entertain your family and friends while rooting on your Giants right here at MetLife Stadium. Speak with a Giants suite representative now by calling 888-NYG-1925. All right, we're going to wrap up this episode with a extra-long preview with Babe Loffenberg, former Cowboys quarterback from the 80s. And he's also their radio analyst. No one knows more about the Cowboys than Babe. Lance Beto and Paul Dottino had a chance to talk to him 
to give an in-depth look at the Giants' opponent this week. Baby got Lance Meadow and Paul Dettino here. Greatly appreciate the time. Hope all is well. How's everything on your end? Uh, you know, in terms of covering the team, probably couldn't be better. They lose the opener to Tampa on a last-second field goal. Uh, you guys are familiar with that. <laughs> and they've won three in a row. Absolutely. Well, speaking of that, let's start on the offensive side of the ball, because with that unit healthy for the most part, I don't think it's very surprising, babe, that they're essentially top 10 in the NFL in just about every critical category. But I don't think you can overlook the impact Kellen Moore has had with his play calling, because they throw it 58 times in the opener against the Bucks. Last three wins, they've run it at least 31 times, and they seem to have an answer regardless of how the defense is playing them. So how much of how Kellen Moore is calling a game has provided them with various options for Dak and the ground attack in the early stages of the season? I will start with the fact that I'm a big Kellen Moore fan. That said, it's easier to call plays when you have good players. <laughs> and they, <laughs> they have a lot of good players on offense. And, and coming into this season, uh, I think the conventional wisdom was the offense is going to carry this team and the defense just has to be average. If the defense is average, the offense is going to be so good provided that caveat that every team has, they stay healthy, that they're going to score a bunch of points. The problem last year, well, there were many problems last year, lost offensive linemen, lost both tackles for really the entire season. Uh, Dak Prescott, as you well know, in, in week five against the giants for the rest of the season, but the defense was awful. The defense was historically bad. So all they had to do was improve to about the mid-level defense, and, the, and that's kind of been what's happened. Now, the difference is they've been able to do two things. They've been able to pressure the quarterback, and I, I want to say they've been able to get interceptions, but it's been all Trayvon Diggs. I mean, Trayvon Diggs <laughs> has more interceptions than all but two teams, so he has just been outstanding. You know, babe, in talking about this offense, it would be very easy to go to Dak Prescott, whose first month numbers are absolutely flying off the page. But it was Giants defensive coordinator Patrick Graham who said point blank the other day, Dallas starts with their offensive line and the running game. That's what makes them go. So why don't we start with that? The offensive line, uh, more healthy, doing a better job this year, and it looks like Elliott's probably running as well as he ever has. It does Start up front, I think that's true for every team. And we talked about play calling there a little bit earlier. And one thing they could not do, Kellen Moore couldn't do, you couldn't really call extended plays. You couldn't do anything where the quarterback was holding the ball for over about two seconds last year. Because, again, they, they lost both starting tackles. Uh, they were playing a rookie free agent on one side at, at tackle. And on the other side was a rookie free agent from a year ago. So they were, they were just limited in terms of what you could call. So you get in as coaches, you go in, you got all these great plays on the blackboard, right? And you said, man, we can, we can attack the defense this way. We can get, we can put this guy in the slot, have him run a deep crosser. They're vulnerable on the other side of the field, 20 yards deep. Well, guess what? <laughs> your line cannot hold out for your quarterback 20 yards deep on the other side of the field. So, so much of that play calling, uh, I think just goes back to, what can we do? What, you know, what is our offensive line? What can they do? I, I think the Giants have struggled so much in the red zone because you can't run the ball in there. Uh, you know, Kansas City does it with Patrick Mahomes. Every, if you have that really special quarterback, you can maybe do things a little differently. But I have always found that the good teams in the red zone, especially when you get to that low red zone, 10 yards in, you know, first and goal at the eight, 
you better be able to run the football. And the Cowboys have done that. Hey, last week I'm doing the game with our play-by-play guy, Brad Sham, and it's third and one. He said, what do you got? I said, I got 21 in the backfield. I'm giving him the ball. And they're able to hand the ball to Zeke Elliott, and they're able to get that yard uh, on third and one at the goal line, right? Uh, and a lot of teams can't do that. They they have to resort to a lot of other things. So, uh, again, you're exactly right. All starts up front, and they've been good up front on the offensive line. Babe, I want to expand a little bit on the offensive line. One of the guys you were referencing was Terrence Steele, who's now playing right tackle because Lyle Collins is suspended. And then Connor McGovern, who filled in for Zach Martin, it seems like they're using him a lot as a fullback to try to grab an extra offensive lineman and put him on the field. So how critical have those two in particular been in terms of their development? Oh, I I, I think Terrence Steele is night and day. And I I always have the expression – always allow for people to be something other than who you thought they were. And I think that applies to life. And sometimes it applies to football, because if you watched the tape of Terrence Steele last year, you would have just said, are we, why are we even bringing this guy back? And you watch the tape this year and he went up against Joey Bosa almost exclusively when the Cowboys played the chargers uh, in Los Angeles in week two and Bosa didn't get anywhere on him. I mean, he had a couple of good rushes, but for the most part, Terrence Steele just stoned him. And that wouldn't have happened last year. So the, he has made just tremendous improvement. He got his body better, a little bigger, all that good stuff, got in the weight room. Which always, uh, you know, Lance and Paul, it always amazes me that these guys are at Power 5 conferences, right? They've got weight rooms there. <laughs> but they get to the <laughs> NFL and you realize, wow, I better get stronger. And they do. They, you know, they spend the off season in the weight room, and sometimes they they reshape their body as he did, and they just come back much better players. And and that's what he has done. And then Tyron Smith at left tackle. I mean, he's a future Hall of Famer. He is playing great. Uh, he played all. Excuse me. He missed all but two games last year. Zach Martin, you, you certain Hall of Famer over there, right guard. He is. I, I don't know if you believe in pro football focus or what. And there's a lot of numbers out there, but seems like every week he grades out as high as not just any offensive lineman, but any player in the NFL. Well, that doesn't surprise me, babe, because I liked him coming out of school. <laughs> I was oh. a big fan. Big, big fan. Well, like I was hey, of you... Sean Lee years ago. <laughs> another another oh, Dallas guy. <laughs> love Sean Lee. Hey, but let me tell you, too, you know, Zach Martin was that Johnny Manziel pick where they had to basically duct tape the Cowboys owner to his chair <laughs> to not draft Johnny Manziel. So they settled – Okay, I've got it in quotation marks. They settled on Zach Martin in that pick. <laughs> Pretty good pick. It's a good thing to settle on, yeah. <laughs> well, I, yeah. I think Steven had a lot to do with that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not in the inner workings of that family, but yes, somebody had to talk uh, the owner off the ledge. Uh, let me ask you about Tony Pollard, who we already know in spot duty the first couple of years uh, with Dallas has done some very productive things. It looks like they're working him in a little bit more, and he's been rather dynamic. He's a, he is a really good player. And I, what's interesting is I'm sounding like a homer, right, because I'm saying this guy's playing great, this guy's playing great. But they, they've got a lot of guys playing really good football, and Tony Pollard is one of them. Um, you know, this is his third year, so the Cowboys will have him for another year. But I, I'm very interested to see when he hits the open market uh, in another year because he was a fourth-round pick. Um, I, I'm, I'm very interested to see. The, the market for him because he could be an every down dynamic player. I, I don't want to put him in the 
McCaffrey Kamara class just yet. I mean, he's not there, but he's that kind of back where, you know, he played a lot of wide receiver at, uh, or they kind of used him at Memphis in, in that role. They, they have that sort of a hybrid role in that Memphis offense of slot and running back. And he did a lot of things uh, there. And he, he really does a lot of things here for the Cowboys as well. So really a dynamic player and capable of the big run all the time. We're talking with Babe Laufenberg, former NFL quarterback, color analyst for the Cowboys Radio Network. Babe, you were joking about how really we could sit here all day and break down the Cowboys offensive personnel because there's so much. One last point that I want to make, though, because I think it's interesting in how they're utilizing them, is the tight ends. You had Blake Jarwin return from a season-ending injury, and Dalton Schultz, you look at the numbers, he's tied for the team lead with three touchdowns, and he's got 20 receptions. How effectively are they utilizing the tight ends, and how much more pressure is that putting on opposing defenses that just when you think about Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb, you can't forget about the guys in the middle? No question. And Dalton Schultz, another guy who kind of, let's put him in the Terrence Steele category, although he was a draft pick. I believe he was a fifth rounder. Um, Put him in the category of allow for him to be something other than who you thought they were. And, of course, he was behind. Uh, Jason Witten here for a couple of years, and you just didn't get a lot of playing time. So consequently, you, nobody said, wow, that Dalton Schultz is really good because he just wasn't getting on the field a bunch. Blake Jarwin was going to be the starter or was the starter last year. He gets hurt in the first quarter of the first game. Dalton Schultz is, as they say, pressed into action, and then the guy has a great year. So they have a, they have a really good one-two punch there with, with Schultz and Blake Jarwin. Again, it's, I, I, again, I sound like a broken record here. I mean, they have players literally at every position. There's nothing offensively that they don't do well. They can run it. They can throw it. They can throw it to the back. They can throw it to the wide receivers, and they can throw it to the tight end. So, I mean, they're a handful for a defense. Well, when you have that kind of personnel, babe, the quarterback is going to have a lot of help, and there's going to be a lot of reasons why he can be doing really, really well. But you as a quarterback, could you tell me specifically what you see from Dak Prescott this year that may be different from what he's done in the past? Well, I have to clarify first off. You know, you say, hey, you were a quarterback, and yes, I was, but we were playing Tampa Cowboys in the opener this year, right? The Thursday night game, and somebody said, well, babe, Tell me what Tom Brady's doing, because you played quarterback. And I said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I, I kind of, I was, I, I finger-painted in grade school, but I didn't paint the Sistine Chapel. So those, let's say, two different painters. Uh, Jack is playing at a level that I'm unfamiliar with, to be honest with you. But he, he again, he just is, he's just on it. And, uh, and hey, I, I credit Jason Garrett. You know, obviously he was here uh, in Dak's formative years, if you will. And people kind of forget you know, now he's a $160 million quarterback, right? He was a fourth-round pick who was going to be the third-string quarterback uh, his rookie season. Tony Romo gets hurt. Kellen Moore gets hurt. Dak is, again, pressed into service, and he goes 13-3. and three. And uh, I think Jason Garrett was a big part of why they had that type of success. Now, again, they were able to run the ball. That was uh, Zeke Elliott's first year as well. That was a pretty good draft. They got Zeke and Dak out of the same draft. Zeke obviously at the top with the fourth pick, uh, and then Dak in the fourth round. So pretty pretty good draft right there. But he's he's just playing at a, at a really high level, throwing the ball extremely accurately. Um, probably not as big a threat to run, but there were two plays he made last week against Carolina. One on a bad snap, one on a little shuffle, and he picks up fifteen on each of them. So 
his running's a little bit more restricted. I think he's just more prudent about don't need to expose myself. But uh, yeah, he's he's playing really about as well as any quarterback I'm seeing out there. And Babe, with the way the offense is performing, you could argue that they've helped out the defense because turnovers early last season, I would argue, put the defense in a precarious spot. That hasn't been the case. You referenced the play of Trayvon Diggs. I think it's only appropriate that the other player worth highlighting on defense is this year's first-round pick, Micah Parsons. And they really seem to be moving him around, unfortunately, due to injuries, and he seems to be thriving in his various roles. How impressed have you been, Babe, within a small sample size thus far, how well Micah Parsons has played and how well he's adapted to what they've been asking him to do? Uh, in answer to your question, extremely impressed. Um, here's a guy, too. He opted out last year at Penn State. And he only had 13 starts at Penn State. So this was not a guy who was a three-year starter, had 45 games under his belt. And now you're asking to really play two positions. He has played defensive end, which he did in week two against the Chargers, exclusively a defensive end. And then he's back. He's done a hybrid. He's playing some DN, some linebacker. Randy Gregory was out with COVID, who was a defensive end. They had a couple of injuries, as you mentioned, to defensive end, so they move him up and they move him back. Ordinarily, that would spin a guy's head, right, as a rookie. Sure. You're 21 years old. You haven't played football in a year, and you only have 13 starts uh, as a collegiate under your belt, and now we're moving, we're moving you in two positions, but he's handled all of it. And he's a really, gosh, he's just such an athletic player. I mean, 245, and I think he ran 4-4, and just stuff where – you just don't see it a lot. Loves football. You can just tell. Uh, matter of fact, the preseason, he was, he was getting about, oh, gosh, 20 snaps, 25 snaps. And he's over there clamoring for the defensive coordinator to put him in. I want to play. I want to play. And they're like, hey, there'll be, we have 17 of these things coming during a regular season. And hopefully a couple at the end of the season, you will have plenty of playing time. So he's, been, he's really been good, though. It may be appropriate, Babe, that you just mentioned the words defensive coordinator because I wonder, even though Parsons and, and Trevon Diggs are getting much of the early season headlines from that defensive unit, i got to think that Dan Quinn has made probably more of a difference than any one person to help that D out. And it's interesting you mentioned Dan Quinn because if you look at what they did in Atlanta, his defenses outside of the Super Bowl year were not even top 15. Right. Um, you know, in the year he got fired, they were 0-5, and, and, man, they were just they were a mess defensively. So, matter of fact, the Cowboys against Atlanta, the year he was fired, I think they played him in week three. He got fired five games in. They put up like 570 yards and 33 first downs against that defense. Now, ordinarily, you don't, look, you don't have a game like that and say, gosh, I wonder if there's any way we can get a hold of that defense coordinator. <laughs> <laughs> But but here he comes, and I, I, I can't tell you how impressed I've been with him. Just, again, the, when he put Micah Parsons in week two at defensive end, uh, I just thought, hmm, that's, this is a kid that hasn't played and on and on, and then he, he did it. So they're getting so much out of their players. And I really thought the Giants last year, I really loved that defense. They were, they were great in the red zone. I believe you guys were number two in the red zone, scoring defensively. And, and I just thought the, the pickups that they had with you know Blake Martinez, you guys are well aware of him, Bradbury, uh, Backrow was over there, and I, I just thought every pickup was really playing well. Uh, Cowboys, last year, every pickup, veteran guy, 
did not pan out. Um, it was it was really pretty awful, right? Don Terry Poe was cut midseason. Alden Smith, he, he had three good games, and then he just disappeared. Uh, Ha-Ha Clinton Dix got released basically at training camp. So all the veteran players that they thought they were going to shore up the defense with, none of them panned out this year. I, I could go through the list of them, but Keanu Neal and DeMonte Casey and uh, Malik Hooker and all these guys, they've all – panned out they've hit on almost every veteran guy who's come in and played really well so i think that's credit to dan quinn there because obviously he was a guy trying to target some of these players matter of fact two of them Keanu o'neill and demonte kz both starters right now played for him in atlanta last year that continuity factor certainly helps babe before we let you go speaking of player transactions one of the big headlines this week was the fact that the cowboys decided to part ways with linebacker jalen smith who obviously was a former draft pick he hasn't been playing as much as he did in previous seasons you reference keanu neal they also have jabril cox this year's fifth round pick how much does the dynamics now change in terms of the usage of personnel with jalen smith no longer in the picture well, that was an interesting release, and I think everybody thought he wouldn't be here next year. But, hey, Sunday he played about 30 snaps against Carolina. He was a captain. <laughs> so as I left the stadium on Sunday after the Carolina game, if somebody walked up to me and said, hey, you know what, I'll bet you they release Jalen Smith on Tuesday, I would have said, yeah, I'll take that bet. <laughs> so Tuesday night, where you know, matter of fact, a friend texted and said, wow, what about Jalen? I said, Texted back, what about him? He said, well, he just got released. So I was like, what? So it was, uh, it was an interesting decision. But, yeah, you've, you could just see his, his playing time was really going to diminish. And Keanu Neal has, has missed a couple of games with COVID. He's back in. His playing time was going to be more reduced. And the big thing was there was uh, an injury clause in his contract that if he didn't pass a physical in March, so if he got hurt, if something, God forbid, knee, whatever it was, which obviously he had a, a, a beyond severe knee injury coming out of college, uh, they were, the Cowboys would be on the hook next year for $9 million, and they just did not want to take that chance. Final one he for is, me, babe. Yeah. Uh, John Fossil, uh, special teams coordinator, uh, one of the more innovative and brilliant special teams guys in this league. We all know that Joe Judge has that great special teams background with the Giants. How fun will it be to watch the special teams gamesmanship on Sunday? <laughs> well, it, it is funny because ordinarily it's almost like for a lot of people, it's like an intentional walk anymore, right? Like if they're walking the guy intentionally, let me run up and grab a hot dog. And it's like specialty. Here comes a pun. Okay. Let's, let's go up and, you know, use the restroom or grab a soda or whatever it is. And now you're like, Hey, who knows what these two will do? <laughs> and I remember last year, uh, Joe judge ran a fake, what was a fake pun or field goal? Can't remember which against the Cowboys. It fake worked, punt. but then they were fake punt. And then they got yeah. penalized on it and, the, and fossil's the same way he's liable to do anything um john fossil who by the way i played for his father believe it or not well the connections are across the board in the national football league the late great jim fossil also coached the new york giants and helped them yep. obviously yep. get to the super bowl following the 2000 season you know what, he is yeah you know go what, ahead babe you know what my fear is guys you know what my fear is did you watch the seattle los angeles rams game on thursday right yeah. See the double punt? I did see that. Yep, with Michael Dixon. My fear is one of these guys is going to see that and say, God, hey, let's incorporate that into our, <laughs> into our little special teams. And I hope somebody's in the room to say, you know, that was all cute and it was fun and everybody loved it, but let, let's not do that.
<laughs> yeah, let's not try to have an intentional block so you can uh, yeah, kick it twice. Yes, in the punt yeah, game. Yeah, let's not do that. <laughs> well said. He, Babe Laufenberg, former NFL quarterback, color analyst for the Cowboys Radio Network, does great work as always. Babe, can't thank you enough. We greatly appreciate the time and the insight and look forward to Sunday's game. Thanks so much. Thanks, Babe. Thanks, Paul. Thank you. You guys stay safe. We thank Babe Laufenberg for joining us. Very good information from him. And we thank the rest of our guests that we heard from today, including head coach of the Giants, Joe Judge, who joins us every week on the Giants Huddle. We talked to defensive end for the Cowboys, Terrell Basham. Fun spot with him. And finally, rookie wide receiver for the Giants, their first-round pick in 2021, Kadarius Toney. Don't forget, you can find the Giants Huddle podcast on all your favorite podcast platforms, on the Giants mobile app and at Giants.com slash podcast. The Giants Huddle feed is also the home of the all-in NYG podcast presented by PNC Private Bank, which, of course, celebrates the Giants championship in Super Bowl Forty Six. It's the 10-year anniversary. Make sure you go check that out. We have great long-form conversations between teammates on that team. You won't hear from me. No hosts. It's just the players chatting with one another. It's, it's really a lot of fun. Make sure you go check it out. Enjoy the game this weekend. We'll see you next time on the Giants Huddle.